Welcome to the teaching ministry of Stephen Fraser and Life of Faith Bible Church. An outreach dedicated to helping you triumph in every area of life. Now here's Pastor Fraser with today's message. Matthew, the 24th chapter, starting in uh, verse 6, Jesus is talking about the last days. And in verse 6, he says, And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled. See that you are not Troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. We're not at the end yet. That's not where we are. He says, but you're going to hear wars. There's going to be a lot of rumors of a lot of things going on. A lot of things that could cause you to become troubled. And that word troubled, there in the original language, can also mean frightened. Frightened. There's a lot of things that would try to frighten people. Frighten people concerning viruses, sicknesses, plagues, disease. Frighten people concerning the economy and the finances. Uh, frightened concerning the government and decisions that they might be making in the days ahead. A lot of things to frighten people. How do we deal with this? When you're feeling frightened, what do you do about that? The first thing you do is you get honest before God and you tell the Lord, Lord, I'm feeling fear. I'm feeling afraid. Help me. Help me to not be troubled. I ask you to keep me from being troubled. Help me, Lord. Get me over into peace. And if you'll pray that prayer, the Holy Spirit will help you get over into peace. Just his presence alone will bring you peace. That's why the Bible says to us, it says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds. Notice that peace that surpasses all understanding. I mean, in other words, it's a peace that doesn't even make sense. doesn't even make sense that you have peace in the times that you might be going through. And I'm not just talking about this particular time that we're facing right now, but just any kind of event that comes up in your life that would try to unnerve you, that try to try to trouble you. There's a peace that comes from God that surpasses all understanding. But he says, how do, first, how do, we, how do we lay hold of that? By prayer, by prayer and with thanksgiving. Praying, giving God thanks, his peace will come to us. And I just would say, just go right to him and directly ask for that peace. Ask for that peace. And then just spending time in his word. Let his word strengthen your heart, feed your faith, and restore peace to you. Remember, the Lord is our shepherd. He leads us beside still waters. He restores our soul. What do you mean by that? Well, he restores peace to us. Our souls is the area of our emotions. And he'll settle our souls down. He'll settle our emotions down and just cause us 
to have peace. Peace in the midst of the storm. The kind of peace Jesus had when they were out on the boat in the middle of the sea and and that storm rose up and the boat began to fill with water and, and it looked like it was going to sink. It looked like everything was over. It looked like they were going under. And the disciples got into a panic over it because it just kept looking worse and worse and worse. And no doubt they had prayed and done everything they could to try to keep themselves from sinking. But then it just got more and more desperate looking till finally Peter kicked open the cabin door where Jesus was sleeping and said, Lord, don't you care that we're perishing? Don't you care? I got good news for you this morning. Jesus cares. Jesus cares about what you're going through. It doesn't matter how much water has gotten in the boat. It doesn't matter how much has taken place already and how it looks completely hopeless. If Jesus is in the boat, there's hope. It's going to be all right. Come on, can you say amen? Hallelujah. Come on, he's the prince of peace. We don't want to ever doubt his care for us. Really, that is the root of fear. Questioning God's goodness towards us. Questioning whether God really cares. Out of all the things you could know in life, two of the most important things I'll share with you right now to know. And that is number one. God knows what you are facing. He knows what we're all facing. He sees what we're dealing with. And number two... He cares. God knows and God cares. Which means what? He's not going to leave us or forsake us. He's not just going to watch us sink. If we turn to him, he saves. He delivers. He helps us. Hallelujah. The Lord is my shepherd. Praise God. I shall not want. There shall be no fear in me. He leads me beside still waters, and he restores my soul. So we call upon him. We call upon him when we feel troubled. So he says to us here, when you hear wars, rumors of war, see that you are not troubled, for these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. Just say that. Say, I will not be troubled. I will not fear. Now you jump down to verse 14. And it says, and this is the gospel of the kingdom. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world. Jesus again talking about the end times. Now he just told us the end is not yet. He says, And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. And then the end will come. Then the end will come. So first, this gospel of the kingdom has to be preached in all the world. This gospel of the authority 
of the kingdom of God, the authority that we have in the name of Jesus. Thank God the gospel has been going out into all the world, and I believe we might be close to seeing that happen, but we're not there yet. We're not there yet. And it's just not the Bible. It's talking about the gospel of the kingdom, which again is talking about our authority as believers, God wants the whole world to know the authority they have in the name of Jesus. Authority to cast out devils. Authority to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. Authority to trample upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Knowing that nothing shall by any means harm us. This is the gospel of the kingdom. This needs to go out into all the world. So the end is not yet. There's still work to be done. This gospel of the kingdom has got to get preached. We have got to get it out to the world. So the end's not coming until that happens. So you and I just can't be put into a situation where we're completely oppressed and unable to preach the gospel and get it out to the nations, get it out to the whole world. So that's number one. And then number two, when will the end come? When the gospel of the kingdom is preached, number one. Number two, when Jesus can't find faith on the earth after the gospel has been preached to the whole world. Gospel goes out, but then the Lord sees there is no faith left on the earth. Remember Jesus said over in Luke's gospel, the 18th chapter, and in verse 7, he said, And shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. That's what God does. You cry out to God in faith and he will avenge you speedily. He will take vengeance on our adversaries both in the spirit and in the natural. God is a God of deliverance. He's our healer. He's our savior. He rescues us when we cry out to him. But of course, we've got to cry out or ask for his help in faith, right? Because you remember what James said. He said, let him ask in faith and with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, tossed and driven. Let not that man suppose he will receive anything from the Lord. He's an unstable man. He's unstable in all his ways. So notice, the Bible says, you have to ask in faith. Otherwise, you won't be able to receive anything from God. So if we're in faith and we ask for God's help, his deliverance in a time of trouble, kind of like what we're facing now, he answers us and he does it speedily. But then he says, nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? I believe that's a big key to the end being able to come to pass is when men don't have faith to shield off all the fiery darts of an antichrist generation. They don't have faith to resist 
the evil things that are coming against them. They don't have faith to stand up against an antichrist coming into the earth. Faith is the victory over the world. Faith is our shield that quenches every fiery dart of the wicked one. That's why right now we need to be focused on building our faith. Strengthening ourselves in our faith. And there is faith in the earth right now. I got news for you. There is faith here in the earth. And everybody that can get in the word of God, join their faith together, the more of a mighty force we can release in this world to bring about some serious changes. We don't want to just be people that pray whiny, whiny prayers. Thank God, help me. Those kind of prayers aren't answered. It's not that God doesn't want to answer them, but we're not able to receive them. It's without faith, we can't receive from God. So we don't want to just whine and pray prayers of panic. We want to pray prayers of faith. And that's what's going to bring peace to our storms. We see this, what I'm saying about finding faith on the earth, over in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. There's only so much the devil and his kids can do against us, God's people. There's only so much he can do against us so long as we are in faith. So long as we are in faith, we got our shield of faith up that says, no weapon formed against me will prosper. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. And I was just reading that the other day, Deuteronomy 28. I was just reading all the curses because I know that's what God's delivered us from. And of course, it's full of curses pertaining to sickness, disease, Uh, financial problems, poverty, being impoverished, also being a victim of people, being besieged, being besieged so that the food, the economy collapses and everything dries up and, uh, and the enemy is able to just come in and just plunder us. That's all part of the curse. And Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. As long as there's people in the earth that have faith in that, as long as there's people in this state and in this nation that will take their place in faith concerning these promises that God has given us, God will perform his word on our behalf. And none of these curses will be able to come upon us and overtake us. Stir up your faith in these truths that we're hearing today. And as long as we're in faith, there's only so much the enemy can do. There's only so much he can do. We're getting things done in prayer. Praying the prayer of faith, things are happening. And it's brought me a lot of peace because some things going on, it's like, whoa, (laughs) fast some food, let's take a little extra time in prayer. What's going on here? Lord starts giving me things. I start getting victories in prayer. My faith is out there. It's working. And I know others... Their faith is working as well. Things are happening. And the enemy is bound. He's limited in what he can do. Some things have to take place. Jesus said that. Some things have to come to pass. But it's limited. How much evil can come to pass against us is limited because of our faith. So again, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3. It says, Let no one deceive you by any means. 
For the day will not come. Talking about that end time, that end day. The day will not come unless the falling away comes first. Notice that. Until the fall, so in other words, the end doesn't come until the gospel's preached and until the falling away comes first. Now, when you look up that word, those words falling away, it also can translate defection from truth. Until the defection from truth or apostasy. Apostasy. In other words, a turning away from the truth. You've had the truth preached to you. The gospel has gone out into the world. You've heard it, but you've turned away from it. Here it calls it a falling away. But it's actually a defection from the truth. Now remember, that goes along with 1 Timothy 4, verse 1. It says, now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times, in the last days, some will depart from the faith. See? Remember, Jesus said, when the Son of Man comes, in other words, when he returns his second coming, will he find faith on the earth? He's letting us know. That it's going to be a bleak time where people aren't really going to have faith. And here he says in 1 Timothy, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. So it doesn't say they're going to stop church or stop worshiping or praising or stop the teaching of spiritual things. No, it says they're going to go away from the faith and give heed to doctrines of demons. Speaking lies, preaching lies in hypocrisy. Having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. People are going to take the gospel and it's going to become perverted. It's going to become distorted. It's going to be twisted. And people aren't going to think so much about having faith. They're going to think about things that just kind of Scratch their itching ear. And he goes on and talks about that here in 2 Timothy, the fourth chapter. I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season, out of season, convict, convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. Thank God for the rebuke of the word. You know, we need correction. There's a lot of folks today that don't want to hear any correction when it comes to the Word of God. But that's what's going to keep us on track. That's a lot of, in a, in a, that's a lot of how, how God gives us direction in life. It's through correction, correcting us. We get off and He corrects us. And so we need the correction of the Word. Exhort with all long-suffering teaching, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. There it is again. They'll not endure sound doctrine. There'll be doctrine, just won't be sound doctrine. But according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned 
to fables. So there again, in the last days, he's telling us there's going to be a lot of false doctrine. People are going to be more interested in their own desires and hearing things that appease them rather than hearing things that help get them on track and keep them going in the right direction with God. They're more interested in pleasing themselves than pleasing the Lord. And so as a result, again, there it is, uh, they turn their ears away from the truth. There's the truth, but they turn their ears away from the truth and are turned aside to fables. This is still talking about this apostasy, this apostasy that's supposed to take place in the earth. You remember over in chapter 3 of 2 Timothy, it says, but know this, that in the last days, verse 1, Perilous times will come, or times of stress will come. He says, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, so forth and so on. says all these things that we see today. And then he says in verse 5, having a form of godliness, but denying its power, and from such people turn away. They have a form of godliness, but it's not the power and authority of faith. And that's what you and I need to be looking for, the power and authority of faith. Because that's what the truth, that's what the gospel of the kingdom is all about. And that's what's going to cause us to have victory in life. We don't want to just have a form of godliness. And here he says, from such, people that just have a form of godliness, turn away from them. Why? Because if you don't and you hang out with them and listen to them, then what's going to happen? Then your ear is going to turn away from the truth. So either our ears are going to be turned away from the truth, or we're going to turn away from people that are speaking things in hypocrisy, trying to draw us away from the truth. We need to turn away from them. That's what's going to help keep us on track in these last days. But it's going to get worse. Of course, we see, we see this already. We see a lot of people, the itching ears and all those kind of things going on. But it's going to get to the place where there's going to be this great turning away, this great apostasy that's going to take place in the last days. And when that happens, when people fully turn away from faith, that's when the enemy's going to be able to come in like a flood and just have free course among the people in the earth. And that, of course, will usher in the Antichrist. Let me go back to 2 Thessalonians and just finish up there. Again, verse 3. Let no one deceive you by any means, for the day will come, the day will not come, the end will not come, unless the falling away comes first. The falling away from the faith. And the man of sin is revealed... The son of perdition, he who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things? Thank God God has told us these things. God has warned us. God has given us understanding, so we don't have to be shaken by the events that are taking place and think more is happening than is really happening. No, thank God, he has warned us, he has told us. Now, notice verse 6, very powerful. 
And now you know what is restraining that he may be revealed in his own time. There's something restraining him. This antichrist, this this son of perdition. There's something restraining him. Verse 7. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. Till he's taken out of the way. Again, this taken out of the way. This falling away. Actually, this defection from the truth. This turning away from the word of faith. That's what's going to allow him to be released. That's what's going to really allow what we see in the book of Revelation. All these judgments come to pass in the earth. You know, it's very interesting. Uh, We just had an earthquake in Utah this past week. In fact, I I think there's been like three earthquakes. There was an earthquake yesterday, a big one in Spain. So all of a sudden, now just this past week, there's been like three earthquakes. Big earthquakes. And it's interesting, I saw an article of this earthquake in Utah and in the temple of the Latter-day Saints, on top of the temple, there's this gold statue of an angel with a trumpet. And it's, it, was, it was put up there back in the 1800s. It's been there a long time. Big statue of an angel holding a trumpet in his hand. And we know that that signifies the end times. And when the, you go over the book of Revelation, you've got the seven angels who have the seven trumpets that release the judgment of God upon the earth. Well, it's very interesting. This earthquake takes place and the angel seems to be relatively completely unharmed, but the horn was broken, the, the, the trumpet was Broken from his hand. And, and they said it was, it was on the top. They think it was on top of the temple. So the angel's just kind of standing there. And there's no trumpet in his hand. There's no trumpet in his hand. And that was real interesting to me. Because when I had been praying just the day before. Praying about that. Uh, I, I was getting revelation about it's not the time yet. It's not the time yet, and that it seemed like there were things in the spirit, evil spirits, that wanted to hasten that time of judgment, that time of destruction, that time of wrath upon the earth. And I was speaking out in prayer, it's not time yet. It's not time yet for the judgments of God to come upon the earth. It's not time for judgment to come upon America. It's not time for judgment to come upon the world. And and then this came out of my spirit, and I began to declare it like I was blowing a trumpet. I began to declare the scripture that says, Mercy triumphs over judgment. Mercy triumphs over judgment. And I said that probably about seven times. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Praise God. It's not the time for the trumpets to blow. It's not the time for judgment. God's not looking for judgment to come on America. God's looking for the church in America to rise up and preach this gospel of the kingdom in all the world. That's what time it is. 
That's the time we're in. Praise God. So in prayer, that was being pushed back. And I just found it really interesting that the earth shook and broke that trumpet out of the hand of that golden trumpet. Out of that golden angel, excuse me. Out of that golden angel that was standing there on top of the Latter-day Saints temple. Praise God forever. I just took that as a confirmation. I believe, I believe it's not time yet. Thank God we can know the time and the seasons. It's not time. It's not time for the spirit of Antichrist to take over this place. But now again, the church has to take its place. The church has to take its place. We need to rise up in the faith of God. Let me look at verse 6 again with you. Verse 6, it says, And now you know what is restraining That he may be revealed in his own time. See, there is a time where there's certain things, events that are going to have to happen. But it's his time. It's not our time. Now let me take you back to the days of Jesus. Right before he went to the cross. He made this statement. I think it's over in John, the fifth chapter. Somewhere in that area. Jesus said... The ruler of this world is coming. The ruler of this world. Now, we know Satan is the ruler of this world. 2 Corinthians 4.4 says that he's the God of this world. All right? So the ruler of this world is coming, Jesus said, but he has nothing in me. He has nothing in me. And then you see Jesus later say, now is your time. And the powers of darkness. I believe he said that to Judas. Now is your time. And the powers of darkness. In other words, now it's your time. Do you remember throughout Jesus' life he would say, my hour has not yet come. My hour has not yet come. I mean, you know, there were people that wanted to kill him. There were were mobs that wanted to get him. I mean, they were trying to to bring judgment on him. They were trying to bring, uh, you know, calamity and destruction on him. But Jesus would just say, my hour hasn't yet come. It hasn't, it's not time yet. It's not my time yet. It's not my time yet. And then it came time. Jesus knew the seasons and times of his life. Then Jesus stood there. And like I said, I believe it was to Judas. He said, now is your time. And the powers of darkness. It's your time now. Notice what it says here. And now you know what is restraining that he may be revealed in his own time. Now is your time darkness. Now you're no longer restrained. Why was darkness able to overwhelm Jesus? Why was Jesus able to be taken his whole life? They couldn't touch him. Now all of a sudden they bind him. Now they're slapping him. Now they're beating him. Now they're able to nail him to a cross, torture him, do all these terrible things to him and kill him. Why were they able to do that to him? Because Jesus no longer took his place of authority over them to restrain them. He no longer tried to stop them. He put his guard down. He opened not his mouth. He said, I, could call, I can call on my father right now, and he'd give me a legion of angels to deliver me out of your hands. That's what he said on the way to the cross. I could, I could write, but he opened not his mouth. He didn't use his faith. And because he didn't use, you see, if he had called, if he opened his mouth and used his faith, 
the father would have come immediately, speedily, and delivered him. But that didn't happen because Jesus didn't open his mouth. And that's when it became the powers of darkness time. And so it will be in the end when there's nobody opening their mouth to speak the gospel of the kingdom. Nobody is speaking the word of faith. All the powers of heaven are shaken. All the powers of heaven are shaken. Jesus talks about that over in Luke 21, verse 26. He says, men's hearts failing them from fear and expectation of those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Well, well, wait a second. What are the powers of the heavens? What is the powers of the heavens? Well, the Bible tells us over in Ephesians that you and I as believers are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We're seated in the heavenly places and we have the power or the authority of the name of Jesus here in the earth. While we're here in the earth, we're seated in heaven with the authority of Jesus. And when the time comes, when men's hearts are failing them for fear of expe- because of their expectations of things that are coming, because of all the fear, the Bible says that the powers of the heavens will be shaken. In other words, those that have authority but are so shaken that they, they can't stand. They can't stand because they're shaken. Faith keeps us from being shaken. Say this with me. Say, I will not be. I will not be moved. I will not be shaken. Amen. Doesn't matter if the whole earth is shaken. We will not shake. Faith doesn't shake. Faith doesn't shake. At the, at the fear of death. Faith doesn't shake at any of the enemy's threats. Fear doesn't sit here and tremble and shake. So we're not going to tremble and shake. We're going to stand in the faith of God. Hallelujah. Praise God forever. And as long as we're seated in the heavenly places. And we're not shaken. But we're using our faith. Then... It ain't the enemy's time yet. He's got to be restrained. He's got to be held in his place. And those that would yield to him are restrained and held in their place in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Are you getting this? Uh, Psalm 2. Thank God the enemy can be restrained. Remember over in Matthew 18, 18. Jesus said, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. See, we have a heavenly seat, and from that place, we can change things on the earth. Whatever we bind on earth because of our heavenly seat, it's heard in heaven. It's bound in heaven. It's bound in the heavenlies, in that heavenly place. Enemy, the enemy is bound. Demons are bound. They're restrained from being able to do just whatever they want to do. See, we've been learning to to operate this on a personal level, just in our own personal lives. Now we're dealing with it more on a national level. We need to learn to do that, to take care of these enemies that would try to bring judgment upon the land. 
But we've been practicing this for our own selves as believers. Resisting the devil when symptoms try to come and cling to us. We resist that. We resist temptation. We're resisting all the evil of the enemy in our personal lives. Resisting any part of the curse coming upon our life personally. And uh, we've been practicing this. And thank God we've got the victory. As we've grown in our faith, our faith stops the enemy from being able to destroy our life. Now we're stepping it up and we're thinking more, not just about ourselves, but for the nation. Because there's a lot of people in this nation and around the world that do, know, do not know the authority that is available to them in the name of Jesus. They just don't know. They don't know what's available to them. And so, but we can intercede We know, we know. And so we can stand up. We can declare mercy triumphs over judgment. We can declare that the enemy, the prince of the power of the air, is bound from being able to manipulate our government, deceive our president, and overthrow our nation. See, we we can rise up and be the salt of the earth. We can be the preserver of this nation. That's what we're supposed to be. And now it's time for us to rise up and do that like never before. Don't get caught up in all the negative talk and just talk the problem. It's tempting to do it. But don't do it. Talk the promises of God. Whenever you see a problem, declare Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. I encourage you, go to Deuteronomy 28 where the the curse of the law is mentioned. Go there and look at it. And just what I was doing the other night before going to bed, I was just every verse. I'd read the verse. It would, it would, it would tell me the curse. And then I would declare Galatians 3.13. I would just declare what Galatians 3.13 says. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. And I did that every verse. Every verse. I went down. It would mention a curse. And I'd say, Christ redeemed me from that curse. He redeemed me from the curse of the law. I read the next verse. It would mention another curse. Christ redeemed me from that curse. I'm redeemed from the curse of the law. I just went down uh, through every one of those curses. Man, I tell you, strengthen your faith. Hallelujah. So you see any of these things trying to come to pass in your life, in your nation? You say, no, 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 no. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. Release your faith. Release your faith. God responds to our faith, and he responds speedily. If we'll rise up and be quick to be doers of the word, he will respond speedily to us. Amen. But over here in Psalm, the second chapter, it says in verse 1, Why do the nations rage and the people plot plot a vain thing? That also means an empty thing. Watch this. The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and... Against his anointed. We are God's anointed. We are Christians. Christ means anointed. We're anointed ones. We're not the anointed one, Jesus, but we are anointed. So God's church is anointed. So it's the Lord and his church that the kings and the rulers seek to plot against. Thank God it's a vain plot. It's a vain plot. And notice what they say. Let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. What's that? That's the thing we bind them with. Bonds and cords. Notice it says, 
Let us, that's these rulers, let us break their bonds. Whose bonds? The Lord's and his anointed. His anointed ones. His Christians. His people. Let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. See, we've got them bound. Hallelujah. And of course, number one, I'm not just talking about rulers in the natural in our government. I'm talking about number one, the spiritual rulers in the heavenly places. Because number one, the Bible says in Ephesians, we don't wrestle with flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, rulers of the darkness, spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So that's, that's where all our problems start in life. It's from these uh, powers of darkness in the heavenly places. It blinds men's eyes. And then men begin to do what they're inspired of the devil and demons to do. But notice, as long as the church is in its place with the Lord, they're bound. The devil would like to say, man, let's break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. Let's, 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 undo, let's undo that right now. Well, they can do it if we let them. But if we say, no, not today. Not today, Mr. Devil. Not today. You're not going to have your way in this nation. You're not going to have your way in this world. This is our time. It's our time to preach the gospel to all, to all the world. This is our time. This is not your time yet. Your time is not now. And we put him back in his place and we keep him bound. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in the heavenly places. We need to bind the spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. We need to keep them bound. Keep them bound. And then if they're bound, then it's a lot easier to deal with wicked men. Because people, of course, have their own will. And so they still need to be dealt with. And so that's why we pray for righteous men to rise up in positions of authority. Judges, politicians, whoever else that can help keep things straight in the natural realm, in our government. We pray also for that as well. And so we're believing... That God's raising up wise men. We pray for our president. Lord, thank you for opening his eyes, helping him to see what he needs to see. Our president will not be deceived. Uh, we thank you for that. And, you know, just pray along those lines. A lot of that you just pray out in the spirit. But we lift, we lift up leaders that tend to yield more to, they might not be a Christian, but, but they are sympathetic towards Christianity. They care about Christianity. And there's people that hate it. They have an antichrist spirit about them. So thank God there are those that will help resist and bind those forces in the natural from being able to just overrun us here in our nation and around the world. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God forever. You getting this today? Some of you are going, wow. You might need to go back and listen to it again. And you can do that. Thank God on YouTube it's recorded. You can go back and listen to it again. And there's a lot of, lot, of, lot of things to take home here from this today. Of course, you're already home, so you don't have to travel too far to do that. So it's just, it's just, it is home right now. Glory be to God. You know, I was telling somebody the other day, you know, I said, we're, we're, like, a, we're like a restaurant, you know. they got all these restaurants are closed. But people are allowed to get the takeout. 
And so that's what we are. We're, we're, we're a takeout service today. We've got some workers here that are uh, working in the drive-thru. And we're giving some takeout spiritual food today. Praise God forever. So I hope you're, hope you're eating and, and uh, getting plenty of it. Glory be to God. And so uh, verse 7, for the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. It's here. It's at work right now. It was written back in the day of, of this writing. There's a lot of people that are trying to promote lawlessness. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. What is that? Somebody say, well, that's the rapture. No, no. No, that's, that's, that's not scriptural. You gotta, I've given you several scriptures. We're being consistent here with the word of God. He's taken out of the way. In other words, faith is taken out of the way. People, that great apostasy takes place. And people have turned away. They've turned their ear away from the truth. They've turned away. That's what it's talking about, being taken away. The truth has been taken away from their hearts. They have turned away from the truth. They've turned away from faith. And now as a result of that, there's no restraining force. That's the whole point of this message, to see this. There's no restraining force. When that restraining force of faith is taken away, that's when the enemy is able to have his way in our nation and around the world. But we're here. We're here. Let your voice be heard. Rise up in the faith of God. Hallelujah. Rise up in the faith of God. Let your faith rise higher and be stronger than ever before. Now's the time to keep the enemy bound. Because he's looking. He's looking for a break in the action. He's looking for a break in the cords. He's looking to have a breakthrough. We're not going to give him a breakthrough. We're going to bind him. We're going to bind him. And in fact, that's what I'm believing. Now's the time to rise up and tighten our grip on the enemy. Tighten those cords around him. That everybody just gets stirred up. That people are angry about what's taking place here. And they rise up. And, and now the cord gets even tighter around the enemy. And things he has taken from us in times past is now squeezed out of his hands. Things that he has stolen from us in times past. Now he's over here. This, that, he's bound. You know, he had his hands free a little bit. And he's been, he's been getting away with way too much. The church has been letting him get away with way too much. It's our fault. We can't, we can't let him get, get away with these things. We've got to use our faith. We've got to keep him bound. And so he's had his hands free. But now all of a sudden it's like people are seeing it. going, wait a second. It is not your time, devil. This is our time. You get back in your place in Jesus' name. We just bind him up. Now, he's even lost what he did have. What the devil meant for evil has turned for his evil and our good. He meant for evil against us, but it's turned against him. It's backfired on. Now, bless God, he's more bound than he was before, right? And then we just, every one of us, get in faith today and just, just pull on the cords, man. Just make them real tight until... And he just starts, stuff starts coming out of his pockets. And all the stuff that he's stolen from us starts falling out of his pocket and is given back. 
Hallelujah. Let's take back what the enemy has stolen. Let's take it back. How? By tightening the cords. Rising up in a greater faith than we've ever had before. Come on. Let's walk in a bold faith. No longer passive. No longer sitting by. Not using our faith for half the things that come against us in life. Now it's time to rise up and use our faith like never before and pull on those faith cords and bind the enemy. And I'm telling you what, instead of us being plundered, we're going to plunder him of the stuff he's stolen from us in times past. And this year of 2020 is still going to turn into a year of plenty because we're going to empty his pockets of all the stuff he has stolen. Come on, somebody. Yes, it's time to take back everything the enemy has stolen from us. Come on, declare it with me. What the devil meant for evil, it's all turning for my good and for the glory of God. It's all backfiring on him. I'm coming into my finest hour because I'm rising up in my finest faith. I'm going to believe like I've never believed before. I'm going to declare God's word like I've never declared before. Hallelujah. That's what gets it done. It's not just sitting back, waiting for God to do it. Well, the year of plenty, waiting for it to all come to pass. No, that's not how it comes to pass. You rise up in faith and take it. And we're doing it now. Hallelujah. We're taking it. We're taking it. We're rising up in faith and taking back everything that's been stolen from us. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank God for the faith cords. The faith cords that we have. The authority that we have in the name of Jesus. We're not going to let the enemy come prematurely and bring to pass the end when it's not time yet. So declare that with me. It's my time. It's the Lord's time. It's the church's time to rise and shine like never before. I just had someone text me this morning, and they said they were getting, uh, they said, this just came up in me in prayer. There is an expansion going on. There is an expansion going on. There is an expansion going on. Hallelujah. That's what's going on. It's, and what I've been getting, it's time to shine. It's time to shine, shine, shine. And the light of God is going to get brighter and brighter and brighter now than ever before. The light of the gospel of Jesus Christ is going to go forth like never before. Praise God. And let's get a heart for that. The world needs us. In order for the gospel of the kingdom to go into all the world, there's got to be a church that cares about the world. It's not just the gospel goes into all my heart. Thank God the gospel goes into your heart. I pray it's going into your heart today. But you're not the only one that God wants the gospel to go into. He wants it to go into all the world. So ask God to help you to be a soul winner. To help you be a part of getting the gospel out. Be a part of being a strength to your fellow brethren, to the church. Be a strength to God's people, God's work. That the gospel goes out. That is God's heart. And if we're not going to do our part, then we might see the end come for us quicker than it should. 
we got to do God's part. we got to do what God's called us to do. we got to do our part. Rise up in faith. Take our place. Say, I'm going to do it. Say, I'm going to take my place. In God's harvest field, I'm going to do my part of getting the gospel out into the whole world. That sounds like revival to me. I mean, that sounds like a major move of God. You know, the Bible talks about uh, the seven, uh, the four, what is it, four, four horses of revelation. You see that, uh, you know, there's these four horses. The first horse is a white horse, and the one riding on it has a bow. And a lot of people have interpreted that as a, um, as a, like an antichrist, a false gospel being preached. Many people look at it that way. But if you use Scripture to interpret Scripture, there's nowhere in the Word of God where white is a type of, of something deceptive. White has always been a type of something pure and holy. And I believe that first horse in the book of Revelation that goes before the black horse, which represents famine, the red horse, which represents murder and killing, the pale horse, which represents death, plagues, sickness, disease. Before those three, that first one's that white horse. I believe that's the church. I believe God's got a horse for us. He's got a move of God for us. And we're going to go forth first, and this gospel of the kingdom is going to go everywhere. And those other three horses are subject to us. They're behind us. We're in charge. This is our generation. This is our time for a great move of God. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Praise God forever. Well, stand up on your feet right there at home and stretch. That concludes this message. For more information about Life of Faith Bible Church or Stephen Fraser Ministries, go to our website at lofbc.org. While you're there, be sure to check out the many other teaching series and books by Stephen Fraser. That website again is lofbc.org. And you can always call 888-542-2555. We trust today's message has encouraged your faith and strengthened your spirit to live the victorious life. And until next time, remember, we always triumph and we always win.